Hey guys, welcome back to the Namaste podcast. I hope you're having the most fantastic week of your life. Yes, I wish that for you. I hope it has been great. I am Melissa Malati. If you are just tuning in to my show for the very first time, this is the Namaste podcast. I literally just said that. Oh, well, not editing out. <laughs> I'm trying this new thing where I really don't edit out much. Uh, minimal editing happening over here because I'm trying to make the show as authentic as possible. And also, let's be real, it can get a little tedious to edit and boring. And yeah, <laughs> First and foremost, I just want to be an entertainer and not an editor, but okay, got to do what you got to do. So <laughs> this is the Namaste podcast, a podcast dedicated to uplifting the soul, discovering connections between spirituality, mindset, and wealth. And of course, this is also my little mini series with Barun Gurain. He is an amazing engineer and author of The Seven Essentials to Transform Your Life. And of course, this is part two in The Seven Essentials to Transform Your Life. So this is our video series that we have been doing via YouTube, youtube.com slash Melissa Malati. So you can head on over there if you like to watch this in video format. Um, you know, we are cute. So that might be one of the reasons. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me today. Clearly, I've had too much coffee. Um, but of course, I am putting this out in an audio format for those of you that like to just listen while you are going about doing daily activities and whatnot. So this is the second part in our series. We have now at this moment in time have recorded four. So the fourth part is actually going up on YouTube on Friday at 3 p.m. That's Friday, December 18th. Wow. Sorry, I just tripped out at the date. I can't even believe it's December 17th today. Holy, where has a year gone? Anyways, every Friday at 3 p.m., a new video part will be out. So the audio series is a little bit behind. However, if you are loving this series and you want to check out the videos and just be ahead uh, and more in alignment with where we are presently, then you can head on over to youtube.com slash or if you just want to wait, the audio version will be out. Well, I think I'm just going to release one, one a week. So yeah. So this version today <laughs> is uh, all about optimum hydration, this part. So excellent talk that we had. Brune is so knowledgeable. And honestly, I am just going to cut myself short because this has been way too long already. We're just going to jump right into it. So here is the episode with Brune Green, all about optimum hydration. I hope you enjoy it and sending you so much love and light. And we're live. <laughs> well, technically not. But hi, guys. Welcome back. Um, this is technically a new edition of the Namaste podcast. It's a little spinoff series that I have created with the fabulous Barun Green called The Seven Essentials to Transform Your Life based off of his fabulous book. Oh, and I guess the green screen screen cuts it off. <laughs> so funny. We're playing around with the background filters on Zoom. This is so cool. Um, I don't know if you guys can see the Namaste podcast logo behind me. I hope I'm praying that it comes out right because the way that I see it, it's backwards. So if it ends up being backwards, we're just going to all laugh at at me later. <laughs> but um, anyways, welcome back. Um, I hope you enjoyed our first episode. We were talking about the first essential in Baroon's book. Breathing life. So that was the first essential. And 
today we're going to be getting into the second essential, which is optimum hydration. And so before I get Barun to introduce himself again, because yeah, and just in case anyone's new watching, um, I'll get you to do that. I want to first introduce myself, but also I have a quote that I want to read um, first before Varun says anything, and then he can just like segue right into um, talking about the quote. So first off, I'm Melissa Mladi. In case you're brand new, I'm the host of the Namaste podcast, former host of Cricket Live, the game show. And um, yeah, I've just been hosting and acting and doing, you know, all things performance for a while now. And that's how I met Baroon, having him on the show. And his episode was so fantastic that I decided that I really wanted to hang out with him again. Honestly, I just really wanted an excuse to like be around his energy because it's great. Let's be real. So um, we came up with this idea. So I am really excited to just jump into the next essential. So if you didn't watch the first essential breathing life, it is on YouTube. Um, I still have to, I'm gonna be re-uploading it and I'm gonna try to make it in a better format. Unfortunately, sometimes YouTube, the formatting doesn't end up being absolutely perfect and the sound quality isn't the best, but we're gonna try our best. Anyways, so diving into the second essential, the quote that I wanted to read before Barun introduces himself. So this is a quote directly from his book. He said, we all know that life is impossible without water and that we ourselves are mostly water. As a living being, doesn't this beg curiosity to heighten the awareness of our relationship with water? Doesn't it, Varun? <laughs> so you, I'm going to let you take it away. <laughs> well, thanks, Melissa. I thought uh, we had a wonderful discussion last time. And we talked about breathing life. Because without breathing, we cannot live even for a few minutes. You know, Even though we can live without uh, food for weeks and months. Without water, we can live probably for days and weeks. Mm -hmm. If you're really strong. But without breathing, uh, nothing happens. So we talked about how to maximize our life force in our body so that we can optimize our lung capacity and our health. Mm -hmm. So we talked about that. We also talked about some, some of the techniques, some very basic techniques. The first and foremost is go to the nature, full stop, as much as possible, or any green space that you may have you know, close by. That's really, really important. So no, nothing can beat nature. Nothing, nothing can beat nature. And the second thing is get into deep breathing. Make sure that you're conscious of, of your breath and wherever you are, at least uh, not in um, polluted spaces, at least if you're in the nature or at home, try to go for or do some deep breathing exercises, simple. And I, uh, we discussed one simple technique, even yeah. though there are quite a few. The simple technique is just breathe in for a count of five, hold for a count of five, and breathe out for a count of five. Very simple. And then, um, even though I didn't talk about that, but the next, um, next upgrade uh, technique will be breathe in for a count of five, hold for a count of 10, and breathe out for a count of 20. So that's breathe the next for a count of 20. 20. Yes, so that it's oh breathe out God. really slow. I was struggling on of, the 10, remember? 
Yes, no, that's fine. I mean, this is the next level. So let's start with, so whenever you're in the nature or in the green space, try to do this. Breathe in for a count of five, hold for a count of five, and then breathe out for a count of five. That's simple, basic, and try to do that as much as possible. Make sure uh, the diaphragm actually moves out when you breathe in. And, and that's really important. Not like you just do a lot of, uh, I've seen a lot of people trying to do deep breathing with uh, so tense like this, just not deep breathing. I think deep breathing has to be very relaxed. You have to be very, very relaxed. And the only thing that moves is the diaphragm. Your tummy goes out a bit and with your breath in, and then it goes back in. So it's very, very important to have these, um, you know, deep breathing as part of your life every single day. In fact, every single moment, you know. Interestingly, you know, Melissa, that children, small infant, when they're born, since they're born, you know, uh, till they're toddlers, or possibly even for teenagers, they actually breathe through the diaphragm, you know. They've got a full breath, naturally. Mm. But somehow we have lost this along the way. Yeah. Our modern lifestyle and whatever we do, I don't want to discuss that, but we lose it. We have lost it. So it's time to revive it. And I think that's going to enhance our life in a big, big way, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. So we discussed that last time. And today we'll talk about hydration, how to optimize your hydration. So could we maybe first start with what is optimized hydration in case there's someone okay. watching going, hmm, what does that mean? Okay. The first thing about hydration is what do we mean by hydration? You know, so hydration is all about bringing hydrogen ions, hydration, hydrogen, hmm. to bring in more hydrogen in our body. It may sound very strange, you know, but actually the more hydrogen we have, the, our cells will be more hydrated. So that's a, that's a scientific way of looking at it. So to do that, we have to bring in the right kind of water in our system. So when we actually have a proper balance uh, in terms of our salt and the water that we ingest or take, I think this balance is really important to make sure that we have an optimum hydration where the body is in a perfect balance. Now, to do that, we also need small amount of salt. Now here I'm talking about not the salt that you buy from the market, sodium. I'm talking about sodium and potassium in the right proportion. Mm -hmm. Because potassium helps to retain the water in our system, whereas sodium helps to eliminate the water. So the balance is really important. So when I say optimal hydration, I'm talking about a perfect balance of sodium and potassium and make sure we have the quantity of the structured water that we take in is also optimum. So all these things play a very important role in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I feel that uh, to really optimize your hydration, we have to really pay attention to the quality of the water first. Right, right. Which poses the question of, is the Toronto Lake water actually good? <laughs> I, you know, a lot of people are always um, debating, you know, what good water is. Is it fine to drink lake water? Or should we be drinking spring water? In your opinion, you know, what is the best kind of water to drink? Yes. 
So based on all the research that I've done and also based on my personal experimentation, mm. trying different kinds of water, I found the spring water to be the best, natural okay. spring water within few meters from the source. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the best water uh, by far. And in Ontario, I've been to quite a few uh, spring water uh, places where you can go and collect your own spring water. Oh boy, the, the, the water tastes so good. It's delicious actually, you know, it tastes really good. Yeah. Uh, in Quebec as well, I've been to uh, Valmoran uh, near to Montreal and I have tried spring water there too, very nice. I mean, in fact, if you drink spring water, if you're used to spring water, you may not like the tap water or the water that comes from Ontario Lake. That's me. Yeah. That's because that's actually all I usually only ever buy, like the bottled spring water. And yeah. whenever I try to drink tap water, I just can't stand it. It's it's really hard to drink. <laughs> it is, and I think if you if you don't have a choice, if you don't have access to spring water, of course, I think we can do something about it. It's it's not a big issue, but we can definitely improve the quality of the water that we drink on a daily basis. But number one priority is to make sure, make sure we have proper spring water. Mm-hmm. And there are many companies who actually deliver uh, spring water at your door. Wow. You know? I yeah, didn't know that. quite a few companies in Toronto. And I used to take, I used to uh, uh, get uh, Cedar Spring water delivered in glass bottles. Cedar oh. Spring. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. And in fact, there was a time when I used to go and collect my own water, but that can become really quite laborious. You just have to do once a week or maybe once in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. but it's fun because when you go out spring water hunting, uh, you go out with your friends or families and it's a fun, it's a fun outing. Go, go out in the nature, do your deep breathing and collect some spring water. Oh, I love that. Yeah, you, can, so. you can pose it like a healing day. You know, some kind of like self-healing day or something. I don't know. You can make it fun in that way. That is, that's cool. Good yeah. Idea. So, so spring water should be the first priority. doesn't matter how you do it. Either you go and get it yourself or you get it delivered at your door. And Cedar Springs is actually is a good uh, source of water. Um, in glass bottle, it comes in glass bottle. So that's a good one. Is um this one good selection? Oh, I guess you can't really see. The <laughs> background. I think, uh, I think they're all good. Uh, you yeah, know, uh, they're all good, and especially uh, you know, the Northern Shields in Canada has the world's largest resource of fresh water. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, almost, I, if I'm not mistaken, at least one third Whoa. of the world's resources is actually water. Fresh water is in uh, Northern Shields. So are we a big um, exporter of, of spring water then? I didn't, I never thought of that. I mean, uh, we're not a big exporter. Obviously, every country has their own, but there will mm, be a time yeah. when people will fight for water because water is a very, very, uh, is becoming more and more scarce and getting right. more and more polluted. Right. So Canada actually in a position in a very, very, you know, position very well mm. to actually make sure that its citizens and all Canadians can have the best possible water ever you know <laughs> isn't it great to be a canadian <laughs> very fortunate that way you know that, yes, that, that we is. have um, such beautiful lakes around and water spring water so the question is uh, melissa um, 
yes, if you can get spring water, that's well and good. But if you can't, what do you do with that? Mm -hmm. So in that scenario, we need to use filters, filtration systems. Okay. And in fact, in um, the house I used to live before in, uh, in Toronto, I actually got a whole house filter. Oh. Yeah. So that's possible in a house, but uh, I moved into a, an apartment now. Um, and um, so here, uh, you know, that's definitely not a possibility. Are uh, you still near the beach? Yes, yes. We are oh, still okay. we are close to, yeah, we are actually close to the Cherry Beach. Nice. Not too far away. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, you know, there are many uh, water filtration systems that we can install. If you can have for, for houses, I recommend whole house filters, then you don't have to have this segmented um, kind of filtration sure. where the whole house will be filtered, you know, and then for drinking, you can actually take it to a different notch, different level completely. So the different kinds of filters available, the most common is activated charcoal, which oh. is actually pretty good. It can remove a lot of the chlorine and some of the metals. And then after, um, along with, um, um, you know, activated charcoal, there are other filters too that also come quite handy. And one is called KDF filter, which is more metal-based like copper and zinc. Okay. And you can use these uh, fil filters to do the proper filtration. For and I think if you cannot have whole house filter, you must get a, some kind of a filter uh, even Brita filter will do, uh, you know, um, for for drinking water, mm -hmm. and for shower, I think I highly recommend having a shower filter. There are quite a few in the market. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, so it's a very simple fitting, you know. So you don't have to be a plumber, you know, to really <laughs> install a shower filter. It's a very simple way to do it. Just take out and just put the cartridge there, and it's a little add-on that your the length of the you know that the pipe goes a little bit more, but uh, but still, you know, it's a, hey. you can actually. And some of these filters cartridges can last for six months or seven months. You know, so very cool. And I've heard a lot about uh, people being nervous about fluoride. Do you know much on that? Like, I know a lot of these filters do try to get rid of fluoride, right? Um, yes. Do you know how serious that is? Is that something that you, in your research have you found that it's something that we need to have with not in our water? I don't know much about it. That's why I'm asking. Yes, I think uh, uh, fluoride, interestingly enough, you know, it's um, the reason why many uh, city councils or uh, municipalities, they actually put fluoride for to reduce any dental issues, you know, dental health issues. Yeah. But unfortunately, you know, I do not know if that's the right uh, way to look at uh, fluoride, you know. Yeah. But fluoride definitely uh, has a lot of negative impacts. And uh, even I've seen papers that suggest the fluoride, excess fluoride could be actually quite detrimental to your health. It could be yeah. so. I'd suggest um, try to remove chloride, uh, chlorine and fluoride mm -hmm. as much as possible. Um, the question is how to do that. And many of these filters can do it. Um, so that's why the KDF filters are actually very good to remove mm -hmm. the chlorine and a little bit of fluoride. But removal of fluoride is more complex. It's not that easy. 
Well, yeah, because I was going to say, sorry to interrupt that um, the spring water even has a little bit like 0.28. I feel like that's still a lot. No, uh, that's actually not bad. I mean, no? uh, if it's a natural spring water. Yeah, uh, it's OK. I mean, but when you add, see, fluorine can be, you know, fluoride and fluorine can be, you know, one could be natural, one could be unnatural, you know. Mm-hmm. So the question is, uh, you know, there are there, there are different uh, composition of uh, fluoride or fluorine uh, that can come naturally, which is not bad, you know. But excess of fluorine and chlorine definitely, you know, it's going to be not good. Right. So okay. if you, if you have this filtration system at home, uh, you can actually do a very good job. So that's the charcoal-based filtration system. But there are two other. Uh, filtration system you should be we should be aware of they can remove everything even fluoride and chloride mm. chloramine all kinds of other toxins uh, one is um, ro reverse osmosis okay which is also used quite uh, quite which is also quite popular in quite quite a few places ro is very popular and 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 then we have uh, distilled water where okay. it removes everything everything, including the signatures that you see in the water, you know, all kinds of pollution, you know, uh, pesticides, chemicals, pharmaceuticals, because Ontario Lake, for example, I'm sure there'll be, I hear it's, uh, I haven't done the analysis myself, but what I hear that there are pharmaceutical chemicals coming back in, you know, because, Mm. you know, people are taking them and obviously uh, uh, it comes out of the system, it goes to the lake. And there's no filtration mechanism. So, so there are quite a few techniques available. One is um, activated charcoal, KDF filters. You can go for RO, reverse osmosis, or even go distilled water. But distilled water, you have to be careful because it can be very harsh on the body, you know, because you take out everything. So, so it can be pretty harsh because it's going to leach out a lot of the good stuff, you know, system. Hmm. Then uh, it can it can mature the distill distillation process. You know you can actually take a distilled water, and then you can mature it by adding the right amount of salt, uh, things like that. So there are different ways. So in my book, I have discussed in more details on what to do. Uh, so there are a few ways to really manage the water situation. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Anyway, so what I suggest is that um, uh, if you don't use a filter, you become the filter. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. So (laughs) the choice is ours, you know, do we want ourselves to be a filter or do you want to be, have an optimum health, you know? So this is where uh, I come from. And I think that's where I feel that uh, uh, the second essential is so important to really optimize your health. So that's number one, I, I think, to make sure that we have the right kind of filtration system, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as part of our approach to water. That's right. Okay, very cool. And then I know um, there's a part where you talked about um, the salt balance. I thought this to be very interesting, actually, just like stuff that regular people I mean, not that I'm regular, you know, special, no. <laughs> I just like the everyday person that doesn't know much about water wouldn't know this. I thought this was kind of cool. Um, a medical doctor himself, Dr. Batmag Hilij, I don't know. Batman. Batman. Uh-huh. 
There we go. <laughs> Reminds us that doctors use intravenous saline solution as the first step for many patients upon hospitalization, thus suggesting that the importance of water along with salt is next to only, only to oxygen for assisting our healing process. Very, very interesting. Something that I think a lot of people wouldn't realize then clearly water and salt is very, very powerful if that's the first thing that you know doctors and hospitals use. Yes, hmm. absolutely. So the balance is really important. And I feel that, um, see, uh, sometimes if you're not really, uh, if, you, if you're not really aware of all this, mm -hmm. what happens is a lot of times, you know, uh, you, you may be drinking a lot of water, but still you feel thirsty. You're still yeah. not hydrated. If you drink too much water, you get dehydrated. If you get too less water, you get dehydrated. You know, I did not know that. That's very interesting because my boyfriend drinks a lot of water and he always says like, I still, I still feel dehydrated. <gasps> Whoa. So it's because the balance of not having the yeah. water yes. with salt. Absolutely. So there are two, uh, two elements, sodium and potassium have a very important role to play. So that's why the, ba the balance is really important between sodium and potassium, okay. because if you don't have potassium in your body, not enough potassium, and just ingesting sodium is gonna throw out, throw out everything, you know? So essentially water retention will be a problem. Mm. So, and if you have uh, lots of potassium, then it's another other side where the water will start, you start to retain a lot of water and there's no mechanism for the water to get out. So that's again, not, you won't feel very good. You feel swollen and again, the balance is not there. Right. So I strongly feel that, that that balance has to be met. And where do you get the potassium from? I think many of the natural sources are important. For example, uh, green vegetables. Okay. Uh, high source of potassium, you know, and also- um, Bananas? Bananas are very good, yes. Bananas are high source of, I mean, there are for other, and nuts as well. If you like okay. nuts and seeds. I always nuts. feel weird about bananas because they're so high in sugar. Yes. So I try not to eat too many bananas because of that. I feel like it's just a lot of sugar, but yeah, if it's okay. high in potassium, you know. <laughs> it is, you know, I find uh, eating bananas in Canada to be really strange, you know? So when I'm oh. traveling in the tropics, you know, say I'm in Australia or I'm in any tropical country there, I can eat four, five, six bananas and I feel great, you know, it doesn't matter because the really? heat. Because, you know, because there's so much of heat there and it's hot and somehow the bananas I can absorb very well. But here, if I have one banana, that's it. I feel, you know, don't feel good. <gasps> that's uh, so interesting. That's how I feel. Yeah, I'll have one. And I'm like, oh, my stomach's bloated. I just don't yeah. feel good. Oh, I wonder if what that might be. <laughs> yeah, I think definitely the sugar is playing up, you know, because mm. in cold countries, you know, um, yeah, sugar definitely needs the metabolism is low. You know, you cannot mm -hmm. metabolize everything. Whereas in tropical countries, you know, uh, metabolism is actually quite um, quite strong. You know, mm -hmm. because of the heat, the temperature. You know, the body is uh, reacting a different way. Uh, in in summer too, in, in even in Canada, okay, in summer you can actually you can probably uh, have quite a few bananas with no issues, uh, but not in the winters. I cannot uh, take bananas in the winters. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. I wonder there's going to be so many people listening to this and having light bulb moments and go, oh, that's why I can't eat bananas. I bet you. <laughs> that or is any so cool. Like even mangoes, yeah. for example, mangoes, yeah. pineapple, all the tropical fruits, if you eat in winters, is going to elevate your sugar level, you know, just mm -hmm. skyrocket the sugar level and you won't feel good. That, that's my personal experimentation. So apples are great, you know, apples, especially at this time, because apples came out just now, right, in the fall. Right. Apples are great because it's got pectin there and um, the right balance of, not too much, don't have too much of apples, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think apples are great, but mangoes now or bananas or any other tropical fruits, you know, I suggest that we have to be more careful. Very young people, you know, who has lots of energy and who are running around all the time, yeah, it's not a problem, probably you can manage, but as we are getting older, I feel that I have to be very careful about, um, you know, what I eat. So mm -hmm. fruits, typically I tend to avoid these days, except berries. Berries, I love it, you know, all kinds of berries, blueberries, raspberries, you know. Strawberries. Uh, so yeah, strawberries, you just name it, uh, all these different berries are great. <laughs> so you think that, uh, that, I mean, that makes so much sense to me, that if you eat seasonally that's that's just probably better for your body like having Absolutely. the tropical fruits during the warm months have other kinds of fruits during you know the colder months exactly hmm. i think that's the that's the you know eat local that's why i say if you eat sure. local uh -huh. you know it automatically covers all the things that we're talking about you know right it would make sense as to why we all crave you know like pies and soups during you know the fall it's just it's yeah. that that time of year for it. So, ooh, so cool, so interesting. Wow, I love talking about this stuff. I know, because I had a light bulb moment when I was reading your book and you were talking about um, how if you have too much salt with very little like water and potassium, then you can get extremely bloated or you can um, develop, there was something very specific. It was called like e EDM or something. Edema. Or, edema. Edema? Edema, edema? Yeah. yeah. And it's where you, your fingers and like feet swell up and whatnot. Anyways, I just like that happened to me actually. I'm going to say March this year, around March is when it started, when Corona started. <laughs> I started eating a lot of ramen and there's a lot of salt yeah. in ramen. And my mom kept pointing out to me that my feet were like swollen. And I was like, I don't know what's why, why they're swollen. But after reading this, I went, I bet you I had like a mild case of that because I was not drinking that much water. I was just having so much ramen. I was having it almost every day. And that's definitely how I gain weight. <laughs> but I wasn't, I was just like, you know, I was living it up. Corona just started. I thought it was only going to be two weeks of vacation. And here we are in December. <laughs> so it's wild. But anyways, I just thought that was a really interesting takeaway from the book. Yes. No, I think, uh, I mean, uh, you know, if you pay attention to, what our body is craving, you'll eat the right food. You know? right. For example, nowadays, I think most people don't know what thirst is, hunger is, you know, because they keep on eating or drinking, you know, I've seen, uh, which is very strange to me when I was growing up, nobody carried a bottle of water along with them anyway, you know, and people will drink lots of water and after, after a couple of hours, they'll drink another, you know, uh, some water. But now we carry a bottle of water and sipping every minute, every two minutes, few minutes, 
Now there are good and bad things about that. And I think it's the same about eating. You know, uh, if you just eat every two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, you know, uh, I think you will forget what thirst is and what uh, hunger is, which is bit strange to me. <laughs> That's such an interesting observation because I thought of that, that as well. When I was a kid, you, you just never had water with you all the time. But now um, my, my boyfriend and even my ex-boyfriend from a couple of years ago, um, he used to always be drinking water, always had a water bottle with him. And I actually feel anxious if I don't have water with me now. So it's become a bit of a habit. So I know exactly what you're talking about. But after this conversation, I'm thinking like, maybe my potassium is really low. And that's why I am feeling dehydrated a lot. <laughs> maybe that's yeah. why I feel like I need to carry maybe the whole world <laughs> or whomever partakes in sort of this behavior, maybe we're just all very low in potassium. And so we're dehydrated and not actually, you know, taking in the optimum amount of water. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you solved it. <laughs> so I want to move on. Um, this is a very, very big debate. People mm. are always talking about does coffee actually make you dehydrated? I know you have a whole section in the book where you're talking about avoiding dehydration agents. So I know you briefly talked about coffee. People say that it does. What are your thoughts? Well, it depends on how hydrated you are to start with. You know, oh. if you drink coffee first thing in the morning and you're completely dehydrated to start with after after you wake up, right? And if you haven't drank enough water with the proper salt, and then if you drink you know, uh, coffee early in the morning, you will be even more dehydrated. Mm -hmm. But if you hydrate to start with, then it's not an issue. Then you can drink five, 10 cups of coffee. You know? But coffee in general is dehydrating because, you know, uh, but then coffee has some other good properties. If you're drinking coffee on its own without mm -hmm. the milk and the sugar, there's got a lot of antioxidants and all kinds of stuff, which is very good for you. But unfortunately, what I've seen actually at work as well, here in Bay Street and come in the morning, people drink their coffee, but they haven't drank water or mm. have the right hydration to start with. Yes. So what happens? It just goes in the wrong direction, you know, and then all of a sudden, You're you know, you feel, yeah, exhausted. So that's the reason I feel I'm not against coffee or tea, black tea. I love black tea. I nowadays I drink coffee as well. And I love it. It's just that, you know, you make sure that you hydrate to start with. Right. And then after that, you have a drink of coffee. You'll really enjoy it, actually. And it will be good for you. You know, so, so that's my answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So we talked about how, you know, we need to find the balance with the potassium and salts, right, for optimum hydration. So how, so what is the first thing that you do then when you wake up to ensure that before drinking coffee? Yes, when you wake up, I think the first thing you should do is maybe you know brush your teeth, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the first thing you do is uh, drink at least a liter of water. With, One liter of water. Yes, if you can, that'll be okay. great. It'll help you to flush out the system. Mm -hmm. I think I'd suggest actually one liter, I've seen, you know, I drink probably more than that, but one liter is a good, uh, whatever you can, maybe two glasses of water, one cup of, cup of water. But what you can do, uh, if you can, uh, put a little bit of lemon juice, you know, small amount of lemon juice. Okay. And put some salt. Okay. Some, uh, and not the salt that you get uh, in the supermarket. 
you can have uh, you know uh, not the refined salt i mm. suggest having some kind of a sea salt like a himalayan salt of some sort himalayan salt okay. or the salt uh, i think it's the uh, what's that called the one in utah so basically you have unrefined salt small amount of that just a pinch you don't have to just uh, pour salt in your water just a small pinch okay salt see how you feel drink that with a lemon and i feel that um, sorry that's okay i feel that that's very important to make sure uh, that you hydrate so first thing you do is drink enough plenty of water so okay. that your body is completely flushed out because you know your tummy is empty uh, you know uh, you have you know and then you know you drink all this water and stuff and uh, and after that you feel good cool yeah because i know i certainly drink water when i wake up but it's not i'm not sure if it's like the potassium salt balanced water right so hearing you say a little bit of salt with lemon that makes sense i will do that then moving forward to experiment and uh and then go ahead and have coffee afterwards and yeah, see how that exactly. goes so cool. so you know a pinch of salt uh, sea okay. salt or himalayan salt will be will be pretty good to start with and okay. see how you feel sometimes actually now i even feel like having one you know sometimes tablespoon of water uh, salt wow a lot of salt i know people say oh you get high blood pressure i don't have high blood pressure you know i've been doing this for the last 15 20 years you know right but no high blood pressure so you know that's the thing if i have refined salt then it's a different story because refined salt is 96 97% sodium and all the trace minerals metals taken out mm-hmm. and then there's anti caking agent on top of that so that's not the salt i'm talking about i'm talking about salt which is sea salt which is typically 84 85% sodium and the rest is all trace metals and trace metals or minerals have some amazing properties that's the reason i suggest having unrefined salt i see uh, yeah so that makes a big difference so try a little bit and then you can add a little bit more to see how you feel if you feel hydrated that's good sometimes what i do i think again uh, i think uh, probably we can talk about that later on mm-hmm. is that structured water will make you even more hydrated salt mm-hmm. water balance is one part of it other part is that how structured the water is for example water gets structured at 4 degrees celsius cold when it's cold the water is structured when it's cold okay and what i do uh, and i find find that to be very good to quench my thirst i will actually make my salt water and put in the fridge okay take it out and just drink the whole you know and i feel much much hydrated because of the cold water you know okay so so that could be another way to enhance your hydration cool that's very interesting okay i will definitely try that as well that's very cool yeah i was going to ask you exactly what structured water is cuz i remember reading that a little bit in your book but something that very much took my full attention in uh, this chapter was when you were talking about bringing consciousness to water and a lot of what you talk about in this part of the chapter really has to do with Dr. Emoto's research um if you don't know who Dr. Emoto is he is um this Japanese doctor who has really studied water and i guess also the structured water and and, and he has done some really interesting experiments around 
saying specific, specific high vibrational words around water or saying low vibrational words and taking pictures of how the water looks before and after. And it's actually incredible what he has witnessed and what he was able to find in his experiments and how, you know, how high vibration and um, yeah, how, how it just will make the water look absolutely beautiful and the low vibration will make it like quite toxic. So yeah, I just thought we could maybe just finish this talking about that because that is just such a cool idea. And I don't know if you've ever experimented with this, but I actually, I knew about Dr. Emoto before the book, but I, I love that you touched on that because I actually experimented with this a lot. And um, when I was working at Cricket, I used to take the spring water and I would put positive words on it, like powerful, or I would put magical, or I'd put, I don't know, sunshine vibes or something like that on it. And I just found that it really, I don't know. I don't know for, for sure. Cause I didn't study it completely if it completely changed me or whatnot, but certainly it made me feel better when I was drinking it for sure. So have you ever performed any experiments since learning about this, like these experiments? Yes, definitely. I mean, I'm strongly, I strongly feel that, uh, you know, water is a living entity. Water is not some, some resource there, you know, water is living. We are living, we are water. Right. Now, I think uh, water has a mystery element to it. You know, as a scientist, I can tell you that we don't understand water yeah. in its entirety. We only know how to use it. <laughs> yeah. We are good in using things, you know, we use water, but we do not know what water is. I think you actually wrote that in the book and I, and I highlighted it somewhere. Oh yeah, you said, we know how to use water, but are certainly ignorant of what water actually is. I highlighted that part. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I know how research is done in universities and I've, I've been, you know, I've gone through the whole research process as part of my PhD. You know, um, you work sometimes, most of the research work that is done in the universities, they're very fragmented. You just focus on one little thing and you focus on that, but on its entirety, Water is a mysterious element, you know, mm -hmm. and there are many, and that's the reason why if you look at most cultures, European cultures, Asian cultures, African culture, Middle Eastern cultures, doesn't matter where you come from. They all revere water and they call holy water. Mm. All use holy water. If you go to churches, temples, mosques, holy water, you know, uh, you know, even in the Jewish tradition as well. So it doesn't matter which tradition you come from, water is revered. So they know something. We know that there's something going on. We know that a lot of people, a lot of the, the people at the top may know what's going on with water or may have some insight with water because of course they use it um, in the Catholic church with holy water. And you're saying many different communities around the world seem to bless the water. And I actually, it's, it's so interesting. I mean, I grew up Catholic and I never thought, wait, what is holy water? Oh yeah, of course they bless the water. Yeah. So, right, yeah. it makes sense. So that how, how interesting. <laughs> so that's what it is. The water is highly conscious, highly, highly conscious. Right. And now, yes, uh, you know, science hasn't really, you know, understood the whole entirety of what water is all about. Mm -hmm. And in fact, if you look at this book, which is, we, are, we have been taught in the school, there are three phases of water, solid, liquid, and gases, right? Solid means, you know, snow or ice, uh, you know, water that we drink, and then um, the vapor, 
right? So that's right. all we're taught. But Dr. Pollack, you know, uh, he wrote this book called The Fourth Phase of Water. That's where the mystery lies. That's the mysterious part of water. So even though we say we are two-third water, we say we are two-third water, but if you poke, you know, a pin in the water doesn't ooze out, you know. Uh, <laughs> it, it's in a form, which is the fourth phase. It's like a gel kind of a form, you know. And all his research experimentation that has been done clearly shows that this is very mysterious. The way our blood moves around the body, because blood is, is essentially mostly water, right? Yeah. So the way it moves around the body, I think there is a very interesting uh, phenomena that's there. I don't want to talk about that, but I think um, that um, is, they call it exclusion zone, zone yeah. you know, between the protein and the mass of the water. And in there, the charges all the all the charges are actually getting concentrated or segregated because and then you know and then this gel formation happens which is very interesting and this is where the real mystery lies so he has explained that and he's i think university of washington and this book is amazing the fourth phase of water dr Pollack. cool i'm gonna look that up your sck is wonderful so yes you're right so now we're try, beginning to understand some of the mystical or mystical elements of water. And in my personal experiment, experiment, if I reveal water, for example, if I just go and drink the water, just, you know, um, you know just like that casually, it, it doesn't work for me. You know, mm -hmm. if I take the water, reveal the water and drink it uh, with a lot of uh, attention to it, it tastes different. Mm -hmm. And I feel that because water is going in my water, body of water, I'm sure the interaction they're happening at a different level. You know? So it's very, very important in my opinion is that don't think of water as some, something that you just uh, swallow or something. I think there's much more to it. So that's why I feel that the, our ancient cultures were not ignoring people. You know? They were very you know, vast amount of knowledge. So now as scientists and engineers, we have to understand the water uh, in its entirety, not just in fragmented fraction, you know. So that's where I'm coming from. I feel that I do have experience of uh, how conscious the water is. And, um, you know, and if you have any, see the water is interesting that if, even if you put any, uh, say chemicals or pesticides or something like that, it's, it's in the water it retains that signature. It retains yeah, yeah. a signature. So that's why a lot of times if you have to do distillation, <laughs> with the distillation process, you can remove all those. And then just like a natural process where the water naturally evaporates from our oceans, from our water bodies, it goes up and then it comes down, goes through the spring water, you know, uh, goes through, the, you know, around, it collects all the different minerals and then get mineralized and then get deposited into ocean and lakes and rivers. Hmm. So water is mysterious. I think we have a long way to go before we really understand its entirety. Yes, for sure. Oh, it's so interesting. And I feel like I want to encourage everyone that's gonna listen to this to maybe try your own personal experiment, write down maybe a power word, put it on your water bottle, and see, I don't know, let's all just kind of experiment and be very conscious when we're drinking our water because I, I do think that there's something there. There's a lot of research that points to it and certainly a lot of proof from Dr. Emoto, that's for sure. Um, 
Wow. These are, I, I loved this chapter. Honestly, I think there's just so much information in this and you've given us such cool little tips. And tomorrow I want to wake up and have a little bit of my Himalayan salt and lemon, and I'm going to drink a liter of water. And I feel like we should encourage everyone listening to maybe go on this journey with us. Like maybe, you know, little tips like this, do it for the next couple of weeks while we, you know, complete these chapters and let's see how we feel at the end of this series. You know, if we can, it's not hard to commit to waking up and drinking some water every morning. I'm sure you probably do that already. Just throw in some lemon and Himalayan salt and let's, let's track our progress together. I think that'd be a really fun idea. What do you think? Yes. Uh, absolutely. One thing about lemon is that um, uh, it, some people can be very sensitive because dental hygiene, dental health is not good for a lot of people. Okay. If you eat too much of acid food like lemon, it, it, they might be very sensitive. They're, they're actually, you know, teeth can be very sensitive. So just be aware of that. Okay. Because, you know, uh, so uh, for me, it's fine. Uh, but a lot of people uh, are very sensitive. Uh, so don't don't just add tons of lemon. You know, just start with one or two drops. See how you feel, and then increase according to your own taste and your own ability. You know? I see one or two drops. That's really little. Like you, you do. You, do you mean like a teaspoon or even li- like less than that? Yeah, yeah. A teaspoon is fine. Just start okay. with a teaspoon and okay. then go up. You know, and cool. uh, I can squeeze the whole lemon and drink it. But a lot of people, uh, teeth can be very sensitive. Right. Yeah. I'm similar. I usually have like a quarter or half a lemon sometimes in my water, but yeah, the days that I have the lemon, I feel much better than Mm. days that I don't have the lemon. So I can already tell you, I know that there's for sure a difference. And I, I bet even more so when I add in the little bit of salt, so salt add salt and it'll taste actually very good, you know, Okay. and in cold uh, weathers, you can actually warm it up as well. Just warm it up. So slightly, don't have to boil it. No, don't boil it. Just warm okay. it up slightly so that you drink warm. But what about um, the four degrees? Should I put it in the in the uh, fridge first and then warm it up? Is that what you're saying? Oh, no, no, no. I think what yeah. I'm saying is, yeah, if you, four degrees is the best. Okay. But sometimes, you know, it's too cold and now you're drinking cold water. A lot of people right. don't like it. Right. Uh, so for them, I think I suggest that just warm up a little bit. But the idea is to have the salt along with the water. Right. It's good. Uh, not not boil it, not heat it up. Just uh, just a little bit warm. A little bit of lukewarm, you know. Gotcha. That's very, very good for the system as well. So I think um, it's, it's a very, again, it's something you have to experiment. You like cold water, you sure. can drink cold water in the middle of the winter. Not a problem, you know. Right. Well, you know what? All these ideas honestly are about experimenting, right? And you've come to these ideas from experimenting and from doing a lot of research. And I think the biggest takeaway, at least for me, that I want to give to everyone listening and the reason I'm doing this series is to make people aware of these ideas so that they can go home and experiment and try things out for themselves, right? Because ultimately you can hear, this is the best diet, over and over again. But until you try it, you're not going to know that that's the best diet for you because everyone's different, right? So ultimately, like we, you know, we can give you all these ideas and show you all this research, but you got to go home and, you know, buy some lemons and Himalayan salt and try it out for yourself and see how you feel. You know, don't just take our word for it, proactively do it and try it yourself. Yes, absolutely. Right. 
Cool. All right. Well, this has been awesome. So do you want to introduce what we're going to be talking about next week? So we haven't fully decided, guys. We may or may not do a live stream next week. Um, if we decide not to, then it's going to be in this video format. Although this video format is pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and it's a little bit more intimate. I do like interacting with, with people, but I think that in terms of quality of content, I think it does end up being a little bit better when it is pre-filmed. Um, but yes, we will be doing it again next week. So we'll keep you posted on that via the Discord channel. If you're not a part of the Namaste Discord, then um, we'll try to give you updates via our social medias. I'm sure Barun will put it on his Facebook page or whatnot. Um, and yeah, would you like to introduce what we're going to be talking about next week? Yes. So we talked about breathing life and how to optimize your hydration. And the next one is to bring in cosmic energy in our body because sunlight you know, uh, our life depends on, on the sun. In fact, the whole universe, I think sun is a very important aspect of it. So how to bring in sun's energy, you know, in your system, how to be, how to absorb the earth's energy by barefoot or earthing and how to get other cosmic energies, the moon and the stars and the planets. We'll talk about cosmic energy in our next uh, session. Awesome. That is very exciting and something I think a lot of people will look forward to because we're moving into the colder months and people might say, oh, it's too cold. How am I supposed to get that sun? Well, stay tuned. Varun's going to give you some tips. <laughs> so it's going to be awesome. All righty. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you for watching. And um, yeah, I'm sending you so much love, light, and sunshine vibes. Brune, what would you like to say to end? <laughs> Just keep on doing and, and be completely aware of everything around you. Just, mm -hmm. just be aware. Yes. Ooh. Very profound. Just be aware. I like it. Good note yes. to end on. Love you guys so much and we'll see you next time. Hey, audio friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, the second part in our new series, The Seven Essentials to Transform Your Life. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got a lot from it and look forward to the next episode being out next Tuesday, the regular schedule for the Namaste podcast. Tuesday, you will hear part three, which is all about cosmic energy. It's going to be awesome. I've already done it, so I know it's awesome. So <laughs> stay tuned. And like I said in the beginning of this episode, if you want to jump ahead and watch the video version, it is already out on youtube.com slash Melissa Malati. Love you guys. For more Namaste or to support the Namaste podcast, go to patreon.com slash Melissa Malati.